0: So today is uh, March 21st, 2021, and today, uh, earlier this afternoon, there was an ordination for one monk. And we can say this is an ordination of someone becoming a monk on the level of convention. They're one who is uh, intent to practice the Dhamma. And when one ordains as a bhikkhu, as a monk, one takes on the 227 precepts and in these 227 precepts still the five precepts are the foundation of the 227 precepts and one takes on these more precepts and this is uh, a stricter uh, way of practice. So during the ordination ceremony, the preceptor, the one who conducts the ordination, explains uh, four things that the monk should not do and four things that the monk should do. And out of the four things that the monk should not do, is one is to kill a living being, a human being. And if a monk uh, does this either directly or indirectly with intention, then one is no longer a monk anymore upon uh, completion of that act. (coughs) And similarly with stealing, if a monk steals even a small amount, then they're no longer a monk anymore. And similarly with uh, breaking one's celibacy, on the five precepts, one can have a family and uh, engage in sexual relations and not be celibate on the eight precepts, then one is celibate, called the brahmacharya. And for monastics as well, uh, monastics engage in the, the brahmacharya, the holy life, the celibate life. And so to engage in the sexual act also uh, means that one is not a monk anymore. And lastly, the fourth thing that should not be done is to claim a false attainment or to deliberately claim that one has attained to a superior human state. And if one does this, one is no longer a monk. And even if it's true, if one claims a superior human state and it's not a lie, this is a lesser offense And if it's uh, untrue, then it's this highest offense of uh, causing one to not be a monk anymore. So for uh, bhikkhus, for monks, uh, we need virtue, sila. And in terms of the four things that should be done, uh, that should be practiced, one is uh, medicine, the type of medicine that the Buddha taught for monastics to use. Uh, This is fermented urine. So this is something important, an important principle of one's training. And also in terms of dwelling where one lives, uh, one shouldn't forget the foot of a tree living in nature uh, as uh, one's basic dwelling. So one contemplates the body as those four elements of earth, air, fire, and water. So sleeping on the earth at the foot of a tree This is suitable for contemplating the body as as also the earth element, made of the earth element. And in terms of cloth, of robe cloth, nowadays we have a lot of robe cloth, but one shouldn't forget uh, discarded cloth, a corpse covering cloth as one's basic uh, source of cloth. For myself, I used uh, a cloth that had been used to cover a corpse and turned it into one of my requisite robes. And this cloth had uh, had pus from the corpse on it when I got it. And even after cleaning, it still smelled a lot. And this smell of pus from the corpse is a very memorable smell, a very strong smell. Even after one year of having this robe and even cleaning it, it still smelled. I would hang it up near my monk's dwelling, my kuti, and when I would come back to the kuti, it would be the first thing I would think of is this cloth. So this is a very uh, good way to recollect death, marananu uh, Nusati, in order to not be heedless. And lastly, the fourth thing that should be done or should be practiced is to eat the scraps, leftover scraps gained on alms round, uh, to be heedful in the monk's life. So one should practice in this way. And the Buddha taught not to forget these basics of one's training, uh, these basic points of one's training and practice. And also during the ordination ceremony, the preceptor, the upajaya uh, teaches the five kamatana, the five uh, body parts for all new ordinis, all new bhikkhus to memorize. Uh, the list forwards and backwards and to understand this list well of hair of the head, hair of the body, uh, nails, teeth, and skin, these five body parts. So we can ask, what are humans uh, deluded in? And the answer is the body. The mind takes the body as self and thinks that it's beautiful and attractive and worth clinging to. So we can say the mind is lost in the body, thinking that it's happiness, that it's permanent, it's something sure, something lasting, something that's a self. So thinking like this, we, we address this, uh, this wrong view in the mind through practice, through contemplation, through having mindfulness of the body. And we can see that these five body parts of hair of the head and hair of the body, nails, teeth, and skin. They cover the exterior of these bodies, and we see them as something beautiful. So we should contemplate, are they really beautiful? Is that really true? In the way of the world, thinking in the way of the world, uh, people say that it is beautiful. Especially one can look at teeth that are freshly cleaned and... Uh, Nicely cleaned, and one thinks, oh, they're so beautiful, so very beautiful. But the Akrubhajans, the great teachers, uh, teach that, all oh, these teeth are going to hurt. They're going to get sick. They're going to degrade. They're going to become very painful. And uh, when the teeth decay, it can even reach the point where one can't eat anymore. And even just 30 seconds of intense tooth pain can be a very torturous kind of suffering. So we see that these teeth degrade, Uh, they decay. Or we can look at the skin. Um, The skin has bacteria all over it all the time. And if we don't clean the skin regularly and often, then these bacteria ever increase. And similarly, the bacteria on the skin, there's also bacteria in the hair, on the head, on the scalp. So we contemplate that it's actually not beautiful. And when we just discard the body and let it go, we see that it's uh, dirty, it's something unappealing, unattractive and unclean. And yet the mind is uh, still lost in thinking that it's beautiful. So if we see the body according to the way that it is, Uh, that it's not beautiful, then this is seeing the Dhamma. This is seeing uh, impermanence, seeing it's not beautiful nature, seeing that it's not self. We see that these five body parts of hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, and skin cover over the body. So we we seek to understand this clearly. In the discourse on the four foundations of mindfulness, we see that the first foundation is that of the body. And why is this? It's because uh, we're lost in the body. We're lost in this materiality, seeing it as self, seeing it as beautiful. And we attach to the body of oneself and others and have worry and concern regarding them. And this attachment to the body can be a cause for aversion for dosa to arise because one is lost in clinging to material form. So we may feel love and attachment for these bodies. This can give rise to various types of anger and aversion, even leading for one to kill oneself or kill others. And this is a severe uh, break in mindfulness. So therefore, we should be careful. We should have mindfulness to recollect the body, to see the breath coming in, coming out and bring the mind to stillness, or we can chant the praises of the Buddha, Ittipi So, and do this until we're proficient in this chant of be So, and we know the meaning of the chant as well. Even if we chant in the Pali language, we have studied the chant to the, de, to the degree where we know the meaning of the chant clearly. We understand that we're praising the qualities of the Buddha, And we understand this with clarity. So we practice, we cultivate mindfulness in all the four postures of sitting, standing, walking, lying down. Whether thinking or speaking, we practice to have mindfulness. We train the mind to become peaceful. And this is capable of curing the delusion and ignorance in the mind. We see that the mind is deluded in this material form. And we can ask ourselves, uh, these five body parts of hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, and skin cover over the body, but what are they covering? What's inside? we see that there are many things. Uh, there's uh, new food undigested food, there's uh, digested food, feces, there's tendons, uh, muscles, bones, bone marrow, uh, liver, lungs, intestines, stomach, uh, um, brain, and so on. So we contemplate this, we practice to see this clearly. We see that the uh, inside the skull is the brain, and this is something that some people may cling to a lot. They feel like, oh, we really can't touch the head. This is something that one shouldn't touch. Um, but it's actually, it's just a box to hold our brain. It's just a container for the brain. And we look at the lungs and the blood vessels and the blood and... Uh, we contemplate these various body parts and components of the body, including the the liquid parts and the, the solid parts as well. And we see that when there's an autopsy, if one has ever seen an autopsy, after they uh, take all the organs out to weigh them and dissect them, then even the brain and the other organs, they all just Uh, pile them into the abdominal cavity all together. And seeing this can be very disenchanting, seeing all these organs all uh, put in there, mixed together in that way. There was uh, at one time when Lu Gu Cha was visiting England, there was a meeting of many doctors And there were about 30 to 40 different corpses that were all frozen in various postures in these uh, containers. So looking at these various containers, one can see all these different corpses in these different postures. This is something that is very disenchanting to witness. So we contemplate this body as something not beautiful. We look inside and we see that What's inside the body is not something that's beautiful. So we contemplate this and become proficient in it to the point where the mind becomes at ease, becomes collected and peaceful. We can contemplate the body, whether sitting or walking. And if the mind is not peaceful, then we chant first the praises of the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. And then we contemplate the body afterward. We see that whether it's one's own body or anyone else's body, they're not different. They're all the same in the sense that they're all not beautiful. So all these bodies are the same in that way, made of the same parts, they're all not beautiful in the same way. So all all bodies have the same quality, the same characteristic. We see that the eye uh, sees a form, sees the form of a body. And what is it really seeing? Uh, the visual input of the human body, one's mostly seeing the skin. So one can contemplate this skin. If one doesn't shower, then can one? will one be able to handle that? Can one really take that if one never cleans the skin? And one sees that One is always putting on clean clothing. So if one doesn't clean the clothing either, what would that be like? We see that the skin and the clothing must be cleaned often. And so also going on alms round, we contemplate these four elements. And the body is composed of earth, air, fire, and water. And that all the food that we take in is also made out of these same natural elements, these elements of nature, just the same as the body. So these four elements in the food, they enter the body and sustain the body. And after the food enters the body, these four natural elements become something uh, unattractive and not beautiful. So we see that um, yeah, the body being composed of these same four elements yeah, taking in the food, the food becomes unattractive and unappealing. So this time we'll undertake the practice of chanting, the morning and evening chanting in Pali and the Thai language. Uh, lately, we have not been chanting in Thai, mostly chanting in Pali. Um, so now we'll start a period of time where we chant in Pali and Thai. And we'll also, or at, at Nong Pong, or at Nongpapong, Chas Monastery, they would uh, often chant in Pali and Thai in the morning and evening. And we'll do one week where we chant in Pali and English to give the Thai monks a chance to study uh, the English meaning of the chanting. And this chanting in uh, one's native tongue can help one to contemplate and see uh, clearly. So those uh, or those with faith uh, that come ordained having ordained and they chant morning and evening and do the chores and various duties and activities of the monastic schedule. And this is bringing the mind to goodness and merit and training the mind in this way can gradually reduce delusion uh, bit by bit. So may you all be intent in your practice.